You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Yes, and. Yes, and. Ugh. That might be one of my favorite phrases of 2020. For all the reasons, of course, and for today's guest, because the woman who fires me up unlike anyone else in the world is on the damn show today, and I'm so excited. Judy Holler, host of the podcast called Yes And, and one of the most inspiring women you will ever come across in your entire life is here to have one of the realest and most beautiful conversations I have ever had the pleasure of being a part of. Honestly, she talks about fear. She talks about mental health. She gets your ass off the couch. And the way she approaches it is so damn genuine and so beautiful. I love this woman's heart. I love the way she rallies. And I love that she has curated a community and a space where you can learn how to make fear work for you. She says, fuck the excuses, do brave shit. And I am all about it. We get into so much goodness in this episode, talking about fear doesn't call the shots, being a creative, that there are no mistakes, only gifts. You win or you learn releasing control during the pandemic, how failure sets you free, mental health, high performance habits, how she went from two to 10 revenue streams in eight months during COVID. What? Getting rid of excuses, scheduling the slowdown and gray area, holding the light in the dark, choosing joy, and how we are showing up for people who are in need. This is a pretty teary one, I'm not going to lie. She brought some serious emotions out of me, and I just love her. I love her. I love her. Be sure to check out her show, Yes And. Join her community, show her all the love, and learn from her, because she is a little ball of energy and wisdom, and I am just thrilled to be sharing her with you. Here is the incredible Judy Holler. Yes, and baby. Judy Holler, welcome. Welcome. Yo, I'm so excited to be here, man. (laughs) I feel honored. Can I tell you, can I have like a vulnerable confession? Oh, please. Well, first of all, I'm wearing my floral for you. I told you this when we jumped onto the call because we talked a little biz before this shit popped off. But I am wearing this like floral shirt and I'm like channeling my divine feminine because I listened to the interview. You, well, It felt like I was just listening to two really good friends who love each other a lot talk. I love the chemistry between you and Jessica Zweig. Mm -hmm. It is so good. And that episode was so amazing. And I listened to it and there was this little part of me that was like, oh my God, how am I going to be on Kelly's show? There's no way I am that... I am, I don't know all that stuff. And I, I, I'm not that wise. And they're just, so they have this chemistry and oh my God, these divine women. And they're so ethereal. And how do they, and I was so nervous to come on. And then this morning I woke up, I go vibe 
check your shit, girl, right? Like you don't need to be anyone else, but I was so inspired by the two of you. And when you guys got off, like my favorite part was like, you were like, I, I love you. And you, she's like, I love you too. And you can just feel like that you guys have really made this cool connection. So Kelly, it just speaks to the power of who you are in this community you're building. And dude, I'm just so proud to be a part a little part of it, you know, you're making like me cry. And I didn't mean to go there. I'm feeling a little, maybe it's just divine feminine. I'm channeling today with my, my floral, but I just was so moved by the both of you. But I, I had this little moment of imposter syndrome and I was like, Oh, fuck that be inspired by it. And mm-hmm. I think that's um, just a reminder to everybody that you don't need to be anything else, but yourself. And you are such a light. So girl, just thank you for your platform. And you're just you're something girl. You are something. Thank you. I mean, that honestly, it means so much to me. And you know, the funny thing with Jess and even just this network and my show as a whole, maybe you identify with this is I had such a hard time with women my whole life. And I was bullied Mm. as a kid. I was bullied when I worked in television by older women who were threatened and angry that I had the job I did. And so I just had this like belief system that women were bad and women were Mm. evil and that I would never have good relationships, let alone in business where it's, you know, quote unquote, so competitive and there's only room for one of us. And working with people like Jess and working with women like you, it has completely changed the dynamic and my belief systems and my patterns and the way I relate to women. And it is such it's been a healing experience for me over the last year in building this company because I have almost an all female team that I lead Mm -hmm. as well as almost all women as hosts in Soulfire. And so for me, it's like, what a flip of the script to be able to engage in that way so genuinely and with an open heart and not feel like I need to guard myself or compare or be in competition. It's like you, for example, I have been so excited to not only work with you, but have you on the show because you light me up. Like you put a fire under my ass and I'm just like, (laughs) Sam and I got off the first call with you and I was like, holy shit. Like, who is this woman? How have I not known her? Yeah. Like this is insane. And now I feel like I'm going to have the most productive day of my life. Thank you, Judy. Right. But it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a healing experience. I don't know if you've had that with women as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think back to some of even my earliest mentors, I I started in sales and marketing for hotel companies. So I would open hotels and work regionally and and all of this before I, I became an entrepreneur. And I remember some of my earliest mentors were women who were at the top of their game, but like took me under the fold. They weren't intimidated by the way I looked. They weren't intimidated by my age. They, you know, and I, I found there were a lot of women who were like that. Like, here's this young, cute 20, like, like I was like a little um, golden retriever, right? I'm just like, yay, teach me, show me, let's go, right? Super energetic. I've been like this my whole life. Energy is my superpower. And I'm so grateful for that. But there are women that judge you for that. They don't want you to, to be too shiny or too happy or too shine too bright because what does that mean for them, right? They have something inside themselves that isn't healed or whatever. And so my earliest mentors were women who, never made me feel stupid for my, for what I didn't know, or because I was too young or looked a certain way or whatever. And I love that, but something is sparked in me. And I got to share this with you. So when we think about like imposter syndrome or, or comparison or jealousy, you may feel about someone else. Right. So what I do with that shit, like I flip the script. So fear loves this stuff. I talk a lot about fear and courage and like, I use humor to help people figure that out, like how to be braver and how to get more stuff done in life. And 
What I do is what fear doesn't expect. So say I'm listening to you and Zwag, right? You guys are, are swag, if you will. Yes. I think, you know, Connor calls her Jessica Swag. Um, and, and I feel this ping of like worry or jealousy or uh, comparison. I instantly go, instead of going, oh no, I'm jealous again. Oh my God, this is horrible. I'm the worst and I'm never going to be good enough, smart enough, great enough, pretty enough. And who am I, right? I got to cancel the pod with Kelly. I instead go, oh, Imposter syndrome, jealousy, you're here again. Now, this means I've arrived. It hasn't arrived. I've arrived because when I am jealous, it means I want more for my life. It means mm. I'm seeing something in someone else that fires me the fuck up. And I am like, great. I'm here. I'm ready. Thank you, jealousy. Thank you, imposter syndrome. So this is a beautiful way to get around those nasty feelings because you do what fear doesn't expect and you own it. You own the dialogue. You own the narrative. Instead of allowing fear to make you feel small, you say, okay, I'm jealous. What does this mean? It means I want more. It means I'm ready. And it means I know I'm made for more. And dude, that is an empowering mindset, especially for women who do get jealous, who do get catty and who do um, think with a scarcity mindset sometimes, mm -hmm. you know? When did you come to realize this? Oh, shit. <laughs> Through a lot of trials and tribulations. <laughs> I mean, I, I did not wake up like this. I woke up like this. I did not wake up like this. I have definitely uh, been on a journey. I'm on, I'm on a journey every day of confidence and, and courage, sure. But I think in the last year, it really hit me like I'm 44 years old. So let me, that means at 43 years old, I finally decided 42, between 42 and 43, somewhere in there, I finally decided, no, here's what this means. Here's what this really means. And why do I continue to allow fear to call the fucking shots, right? When I I'm really the boss. It doesn't mean that I can't be scared of things or jealous, but how can I twist that into a positive story? So I think it took me a long time, but I'll tell you a defining moment for me. I was on a podcast with someone. I had a, I had someone on my podcast early days and this was just, Oh my God, we're 46 episodes in. So maybe this was at the beginning of the year. And I asked her, I said, and she's big, she's got, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand followers across her platforms. And I said, do you ever, I go, do you ever get like jealous or competitive or, you know, do you still struggle with some of those feelings? She goes, not really, like not really anymore. And she goes, she, she literally told me that she has just gotten to a point where she has decided that she is going to let all of those feelings inspire her. And she's just not going to look around in that way anymore. And she, it was like this knee jerk reaction, like, no, not really. And she meant it. She wasn't faking it. She's like, I really don't get jealous. Like I, she's in women's empowerment and she really walks the talk. And anytime I ask her for something or a connection or an email, or could you make an introduction? I mean, she's like, yes. And how can I help? Or yes. And who can I point you to? And I just was so inspired by that. And yo, that was even just a year ago. So it's a journey, long answer to your question. It's a journey. But, um, I think in the last couple of years, I've really just woken up to it because we cannot get anywhere alone. Like, dude, I need help. And I need badass women who have been where I want to go to light the way. And there's no other way around that. Like, if you want a thriving business, a thriving life, you have to be able to work with other people and you have to look to other women to help you because there are women that have been where I want to go 
And, you know, I want to light the way for other people as well. I hope somebody can come to me someday and, and feel that way about me. You know, you know, I think one of the hardest things that we struggle with as women is knowing when to trust ourselves and handle it ourselves versus when it's time to ask for help. Because especially now in such a competitive environment, even Instagram, like you're supposed to be this extraordinary mom by yourself. And I, my clap back to that is we, we were in villages. We as women raised children together. I would breastfeed your child. That was a normal thing. But all of a sudden social media has made this a very, uh, solo journey where you have to do it by yourself and you better fucking look amazing while you do it and not make any mistakes. Otherwise people will come for your ass. I don't understand that. And so how do you know when you are trusting your intuition and your gut and okay, I can handle this and do this versus that moment when you realize it's time for me to reach out and ask for help? Oh man. Um, I love reaching out and asking for help. I am not shy about that. It is how I've built my entire business. We always make the joke like, like most days, I don't really know what I'm doing, but what I do know is that I can bet on myself because men will leave you. Women will leave you. Companies will fire you. Economies will crash. Presidents will change. But the, 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 the constant in any fucking scenario is your damn self. So number one, I know I'm going to figure it out. And that's what I believe confidence really is. Like that's to me, confidence. It means that I know no matter what happens, pandemic and all, I'm going to figure it out because I've been through hardship before and I figured it out, which gives me the confidence to know I can do it again. So I do have this deep sense of self-love and I do, I am my own best friend. Um, I married myself before I married, I married my husband. Right. And, and that is so, or, you know, so important. Right. Uh, I ride Peloton. I have to tell you this. And, and there is uh, an instructor called Robin Arzon and she's one of the, one of the like kind of celebrities. She's like the, one of the main cyclists and instructors on Peloton. And she got in her twenties, tattooed on her ring finger, a ring. And she goes, well, before I met my husband and did all the things, she goes, I married my damn self. And I am like, I love you because that is so true. We wait for someone else to save us. And so I know I'm going to save myself. I bet on myself every time. So there's that right. And that has come over time. And I think the more confident you get, it really is simply through repeated attempts of crushing things and getting through scary things and and doing it. And so that's number one. And then number two, yeah, I I ask for help all the time. I, um, it's kind of like a seesaw a little bit, right? Sometimes I'm, I'm figuring things out out on my own, which is so empowering and so cool. And then there's a lot of times where it's like, oh my God, we've got a call to the bullpen here because I have no idea what I'm going on. And what's, what's the worst that can happen is where most people go, well, why not be like, okay, what's the best that could happen? Let me send, I mean, that's how I met Jessica's wife. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. like when I was launching my book, I, I knew she was just a Chicago girl. She had this vibe and just, I loved following her. And I said, she's never met me. I've never met her, but I'm going to pop a book in the mail, but not just a book, a book with a sequin pillow that says simply be on it that I knew she would love. And it was filled with confetti and all this magic. And of course she opens it up on the Instagram, on her stories and goes crazy. And to this day, she still has the pillow in her office. Right. And so that's how I made the connection. Right. But we have to be willing. What's the best that could happen? Jessica Zweig shares my stories and I get to meet her and maybe I, I grow my following and get an endorsement and whatever that may look like. But so many of us just settle for what's the worst that can happen, which stops us. So how I do it is by simply trusting myself and, uh, 
focusing on what could go right instead of freaking out over all the shit that could go wrong because no mistakes, only gifts, mm-hmm. yo. Like yeah. we're either going to win or learn. I love that you also admit you don't know everything and you don't necessarily know. know what you're doing. That I've never run a business before. I was always just a cog in the wheel in television, someone telling me what to do. And so running a business and one that has grown this fast has been like being thrown into the fire for sure. And yeah. I think that's something I've done really well is admit that I don't know everything. We have clients that come on. We have this woman we're onboarding right now and she works, she's like a a leadership coach within like massive, like fortune 50 businesses. And she says stuff in the business world. I don't know what anything means. I'm like, this is so over my head. So we're on a call with her and I said, so so Hillary, um, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. And the old me would have never done that because I would always just nod my head and pretend like I know everything because it was important to me because I want to feel accepted and like I am worthy. And now I'm just like, sorry, can you explain what that means? Because I have no idea. And I feel like people respect me more. And actually, it's more relatable than pretending like I'm sitting here like I know everything about every industry. You can't put anything past me. I think that's a beautiful way to connect with people and just be grounded and realize that no one expects anyone to know everything. Like, how are we supposed to know? And also most of us are running businesses for the first or second time. We're all just figuring out there's no fucking playbook for this. Oh my God. And, and, and people who think they know everything are the most annoying yes. people on the planet, right? I was just with one of those people for the weekend where, you know, everything you'd said, is, oh, I've done that. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know what that's like. Oh yeah. 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 And you're like, dude, do you really like, do you really like, there's so much courage and being humble and seeking wisdom. And oh, by the way, hiring people that are freaking smarter than you. I mean, I love, that's why I love working with Soulfire and being a part of your community and working together because you hire people that know what they're doing in the space you want to grow in. It's why we hire web, web developers. It's why we hire people to help us with social and scale and learn algorithms. I mean, I don't want to know everything. Uh I don't want to know everything. And you know what? I also love like I kind of accidentally fell into entrepreneurship, which I think so many of us do. And it also meant that I had no bad habits. Like I just create from a, from a place of love and a pr- place of energy. And I just uh, try to try to look around on the regular for, for inspiration. I think we're always borrowing from the universe as entrepreneurs and as creatives, most certainly. And I think that's why sometimes there's a friction between creativity and commerce, right? Uh, that said, creatives, anyone who creates anything, whether you're baking a cake or you're getting your kids homeschooled, you are creating. We are always borrowing from the universe to survive and thrive, right? And um, I, I just, I don't know. I just... I don't know. I'm a big proponent of figuring shit out. And one of our big, our big mantras in the improv theater is that there's no mistakes, only gifts, like no mistakes, only gifts. Like you're going to either win or you learn, but you will not lose. And that is a, that is a shift. And I would be backstage about to go on uh, with my ensemble for a big show, whether it's second city or in the conservatory. And we would literally have instructors. And it was the first time I'd ever heard anybody do this. I mean, I was working in corporate America by day where I was being told to like, be yourself, but not too much or um, do whatever you want with the presentation, but email the group first, right? Wear whatever you want, but let's make sure you got on pantyhose, right? But I'd go to improv. And yes, I grew up in the era of pantyhose back in the hotel days, but in the improv theater at night, we would have teachers literally tell us before we'd hit the stage, Jay, I'll never forget him. He would go, you guys, 
I want you to go out there tonight and I want you to, I want you to fail so fucking hard. I want you to fall down. I want you to mess it up. I want you to break it. I want you to bomb. And we were like, what? But do you know what that did? It gave us permission. It gave us permission to fail, which set us free. I mean, I could cry. It was a defining moment. It changed my entire life. And I went, oh my God, I can be exactly who I am and still be liked for it. And people may even laugh at it. And all the mistakes in the improv theater, all the mistakes always got the biggest laughs because the person in that audience said, they're just like me. They're not these like miracle people. Like, how do they do it? They're just like me. They mess up and they make mistakes and they get it wrong and they pronounce things the wrong way or they get the satire a little bit wrong or whatever. But damn, they're just like me. And that, that is a shift. And it's one that that can really set you free, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I'm curious for you. um, It feels like you have so many tools and resources to pull yourself out or to have perspective when things get really hard. And I know we were talking before this recording about the pandemic and Mm. things have been difficult and you have to like pull yourself back up and, and have perspective. But for you in those moments of spiral, in those moments of doubt and shame and fear, what does it look like in the, in the dialogue with yourself or the actions you take to, to get out of that and not bypass it to sit with it, but to move through it? Yeah. Move through it and move with it. People say that all the time. They're like, how do I get over my fear? Well, honey, you're never going to get over your fear, but you can work with it. I can help you do that. Right. And I think improv helps us embrace all those plot twists in life that are inevitable. Right. Uh, We can't control other people, places or things, uh, but we can always control how we show up. And the yes and mindset is is one that helps me do that in times of deep trauma, deep anxiety. Um, And 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 I I'm someone who struggled with mental mental stuff my whole life. You know, I grew up with a mom who is unmedicated bipolar. Um, so that was challenging and I was the oldest girl. So I got the brunt of that. And I think what always helped me stay in control, which was a very growing up in an environment like that, that's a very uncontrollable situation. Like you never know what you're going to get. And every day is very different. And what helped me stay in control was forward momentum. Number one, this is years before improv forward momentum, doing little things every day, whether it was school or making plans with friends or just doing my homework, like little things every day to move me forward. Small tasks every day kept me out of the weeds mentally and in forward momentum, which is just such a beautiful tool to have. But I, I I just, I, I became obsessed with, with the notion of, of, moving my life forward in small ways. So what helps me when I get deep in depression and anxiety, I struggle with a little bit of panic that's gotten better now, ironically. Um, but I still struggle with the mental stuff. Um, the number one thing that I do is I fall back into my routines and my habits and those high performance habits that keep me moving forward. So when the world is on fire, when my business feels like it's on fire, cause it was, I, in March, had two revenue streams in my business. 80% of my money was as a live key, a keynote speaker traveling the United States and beyond delivering speeches. And 20% of my business was my book, right? I had one book at the time. Fear's my homeboy, my book. And today, what is it? November. We're filming this in November, recording this in November. I have 10, 10, 10 revenue streams, 10. Holla. Really? 
we holla, we move fast. <laughs> and the way I've been able to do that is through all that trauma, through all that anxiety, through all that stress. I mean, my husband was furloughed. It's not like I'm sitting back riding some gravy train and my husband's like, this is no joke, right? And so we had to move. We had to say, yes, this is happening. And here's how we're going to move forward. Instead of, yes, this is happening, but I'll never figure it out, but the economy, but the pandemic, but, 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 excuse, 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 right? Um, excuse, excuses are lies wrapped up in the skin of a, a tr- like a truth. And it's not a truth, they're lies. And so fuck the excuses, let's get to work. So I believe that your ability to vibe, like your vibe, your mental wellness, which your mind is the biggest muscle in your body. Um, people may say it's your glutes or your ass or what, all that stuff. I think it's your mind, right? It's the most important and most critical muscle in your body. So your vibe, your mental wellness completely affects your ability to thrive through change, through disruption, through, um, chaos. And so I have used, I have fallen back into my type a, uh, uh, high performance habits to keep me moving forward in really small space, little small blocks of time to go big and, and, and create some big results for myself personally and professionally. And, you know, fuck the five-year plan, man, I'm working in 30, 60, 90 day windows and we're making things happen. Now we're, I'm dreaming. I'm thinking real big, but dreams don't mean shit. If you don't have an action-packed goal behind it. Like I love Disney princesses, but and they have dreams and they're living fairy tales and fairyland. But I'm I'm a little bit more of a hustler. Like I like to dream, but I prefer goals because goals give me results and results give me the, the life of my dreams. Right. And so that's that's the switch. So the long answer to that question is, dude, um, just working in small windows and going back into um, staying in, in control of what I can control, which is how I show up my time, my days, my journaling prompts. All those little mindset things I could do every morning, every night to keep myself moving forward, dude. That's how I've done it. It's how the only way I've stayed insane now and even previous. Yeah, the year of Coco when we all uh, <laughs> released control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious for you because I also have been very Type A perfectionist, controlling. I say I'm recovering, um, mm-hmm. but I feel like you and I both operate very similarly. And I move fast, girl. Like I do things hey. overnight. Connor will do something in a year that takes me literally yep. a week because that's just how I'm a freight train. I just fucking go. Oh. But how have you managed to release control? Understand mm-hmm. you don't really have control. It's pretty much an illusion. And also be in action for yourself and dream and create at the same time. Why is that so hard? So fucking hard. <laughs> it's so hard. A million dollar me. question, literally. <laughs> oh, I like it. If, you, if I had the answer to that, we if we had the answer to that, we'd be like quadruple billionaires right now because there are so many people that operate the way we operate. And I think if, if someone were to ask me, like, what's your biggest weakness? It's impatience. I have a hard time slowing down. The white space is hard for me. Um, and so I, I schedule it. I, I, I kind of force myself to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, and it's interesting, like sometimes for me, from the way I tick, you know, I'm always telling people like, okay, you may write down your goals and maybe you need to work on a book deadline or you need to lose some weight or whatever. So I literally need to schedule, get on the fucking couch and chill tonight. Like 
making sure like to when is the last time you've like gone to brunch with Scott, right? Like things like that. Have you taken a walk without your phone? I did that. I, we just got back from Florida and I took a walk for 45 minutes without my phone. And it was so legit. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, plugging in the battery. And I was with a girl this weekend, um, who she's married to my husband's, one of my husband's college best friends. So it's his wife and we're about 12 years apart. And I loved her so much because she had this vibe. She was so opposite of me in the sense of she just let it go. Mm. Like, What is that? She was, I know she was never in a hurry. She was, and I get it. We were on a little bit of a vacation, but she literally, it was just an energy. I found myself being so addicted to her because I love people like that. My husband's kind of like this. And mm. a lot of my best friends slow me down. So I don't know if I have the best answer to your question besides I schedule it. And what motivates me, Kelly, to keep doing it is I definitely notice a difference when I do it. Like after that walk that I took, 45 minutes is a long time to be without your phone because we're all, it's crack. Mm-hmm. We're all addicted, which is scary. Yes. I really felt different the entire rest of the day. It lasted almost 60, 36 hours. I I didn't do a lot of social over the last couple of days, you know, and I just, I felt lighter. I felt different. And I came up with so many great ideas. I had a little notebook with me. So I thought a lot and, and, and every time I do it, it feels so good that I'm like, I got to do that more. And so I've scheduled something like that in for the weekend, but see, again, I have to schedule it because that's what I do. I'm like, you know, but if it, find what works for you. But the point is like, you know, we really start human beings start when we stop, you know, that's how we really turn on. And I, I I need to be so much better at that. And maybe that's my 2021 vibe, but, uh, it's hard girl. I love that you struggle with it too. I'm not alone. It's so hard. I love what I do. I love what I, I could work all day. I could work all day. Yeah. It's funny. I, I feel like we have similar, similar operating systems, but I feel like I'm, I don't know. I've never verbalized this, so it may not make any sense, but I'm really good with, I'm kind of not low vibe or low energy, but I just operate here. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're up here. Like Mm. that's just naturally. Oh, I'm a 10. Yeah. I'm not a 10. Like it's a (laughs) lot for me to be a 10 because I'm definitely more introverted. So I'm like a little like quieter and more chill. I'm sure people listening to this are like, yeah, you guys are just so different, but I actually, I'm obsessed with people like you. I have so many people like you, right? Cause it's like this really cool balance. I feel that's why I was like so stoked when I got off the phone with you the first time I felt so invigorated and so energized, but for me to go there, it really takes someone else to almost bring it out of me because I will just naturally stay at this level. And I, I like that. That's how I operate well, but I have found over the last few years, most of my friends are much higher energy than me, but they get my ass off the couch. And they're bubbly and they're fun. And I love that. It's like this beautiful balance and dynamic. And I feel like Connor does that for me too. Yeah. Oh, Connor's got that vibe. He's got, he's super high energy. He's obsessed with you, by the way. Oh, he's so like, great. Obsessed. Oh my God. He's so good. I mean, I just sat there. I was like this, dude, he is so smart. And I was like, almost like I had to Google 85 things that he was talking about. Um, welcome so to my relationship. Oh my God. I'm like, I don't know. And you know, back in the second city days, you had to really study, like you had to really know politics. You had to really know what was going on in the news. And a big mm-hmm. part of our job was reading the paper. If you wanted to be any good an improv because everything called on the political satire or what was going on in the world, right? That's how we wrote comedy and um, built sketch. And I don't do that a lot anymore because the world is on fire and it drives me crazy. But then here's Connor. He's like, no, he knows everything. And I go, 
you inspired me to like, just, I asked him for a couple of recommendations. I was like, you know, give me some good non-biased, not super right, not super left people that I should be following. And he did. And my husband and I are doing that because it's cool. Cause you want to stay connected, but you don't want to go down into the weeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he, he runs high vibe, man. Mm-hmm. He is super high vibe. So it makes sense. You're together. My husband's very, he's got a totally different energy yeah. you know, than, than I do. It's right. so helpful. I don't bury myself. No. Oh God. I would probably strangle that person. <laughs> I'm so annoyed by myself. Usually. <laughs> totally. Like I will listen to things on playback and you know, and, and whatever. And I'm like, Oh my God, why am I so excited? Like, I'm like, but I'm like it's just like, I'm, I really don't know what I just, it's, it's how I roll, but you know, it's so interesting because I have waves. Like I don't wake up. Like most days I'm, I wake up pretty ready to rock. Right. I, I'm, I, energy's kind of always been my superpower, but I, I refuel that for sure. Like power plants don't have energy. They generate it. Right. And so the reason I can operate at this level, well, I think I was born this way, right? This is the gift I was given. This is what I was born to do. But I, I also know that in order to operate at this level and to perform at high levels, whether it's, you know, your, your energy or my energy, you still have to be doing things to protect and maintain, you know, um, that, that vibe, whatever the vibe is. And so I, I feed the machine. I make sure that I'm doing things mentally, physically, and emotionally, like moving my body and, um, you know, journaling prompts and, um, time without my phone and good people in my life and reading a lot and good podcasts and all that shit to really make sure oils like crystals, like I do it all. Give me all of the woo woo, right? Whatever it takes. Uh, but I, I really believe that, you know, if you, you have to, you have to protect it. Cause I, I think I'd lose it if I didn't take this, this business of my energy, uh, seriously. Right. And it doesn't mean you have to be a 10 to have a good life. No. You know, I'm not a 10 every day, but, but energy is something that I've always just sort of had. All right. All right. Let's take a little break from this incredibly inspiring conversation with Judy Holler to tell you about today's sponsor and the gift that keeps on giving. I'm just going to keep rolling with this idea of giving people better gifts. I love gift giving more than I love receiving gifts. Although if you get me a really thoughtful gift, it makes my fucking life. But I just find a lot of joy in getting people things that are helpful or beneficial or mean something to them. And I really don't like how when the holidays come around, we feel like we are obligated to buy people things. So then we buy them shit. And it's like, you're going to throw this in a drawer, you're going to throw it in a closet or throw it away or regift it, which is fine. Sometimes I do it, but I want them to have something that they love and that they can use. And so that is why I am recommending everyone give the gift of Organifi this holiday season. They have options for everyone. People who need immunity boosts, people who have trouble sleeping, people who need better blood flow, people who need to calm down their nervous systems. Uh, people who need to sleep better or have more energy or get off coffee. I mean, Organifi really hits all of these areas and I am obsessed with their line of golds. Y'all know I love me some chocolate gold and quick announcement because I just found this out and I might cry. Organifi is moving the chocolate gold to a seasonal offering. No. Yes, it's real. So pumpkin spice and chocolate gold are going to be seasonal. I'm 
probably going to stock up with as many as I can using my own code. Uh, that would be Kelly T if you want 15% off. So if you feel like you want to give a really good gift to people you love or uncle Bob, who you have to buy something for, and you don't know what to get him because you only see him once a year, Organifi. It will be nourishing. It is something everyone loves. It has so many superfoods. It helps with so many different health issues and it just tastes fucking good. So go to Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. Use the code Kelly T. You'll get 15% off. I promise people will not be disappointed. They will actually be incredibly impressed that you would be that thoughtful to get them something that helps them that much. You're welcome for the recommendation. All right, back to my girl. You know, I think the beautiful thing about you and your brand too, especially with where we are in the world in 2020 and you rebranded when you came to work with us, it was yeah. the fear boss and now it's yes. And which I love for you, especially because you have this beautiful neon sign behind you. It's so insane. obviously, um, <laughs> But I think something that a lot of people have struggled with this year and I have as well, I'm actually struggling with this right now. So I'd love to talk through it with you, but the world is on fire. No question. No one has any fucking clue what's going on. I, we all feel like we're living in some weird ass video game. It doesn't feel real. And a lot of good things are happening for many of us. My business is thriving. Your business is thriving. My relationship has never been better. Um, it's really interesting to walk into the world positive, excited, and with energy and success and perspective when everything around you is on fire. Mm. And I have had people clap back at me for being happy online. Mm. And I would imagine that maybe you have had some of that or people questioning how you can be the way you are when bad things are happening. So I would love to know your approach in this in keeping your energy and being in integrity with yourself and what's going on while also recognizing the reality of everything happening. Let's fucking talk about it. I love that you're bringing this up. Um, we have to have a conversation about this and here's what I believe. Yeah. People clap back. Sure. But you're going to get that no matter what. Yeah. Right. I could show up every day crying. Right. And people are going to clap back at that saying, Oh my God, she cries too much. Like it doesn't matter. Right. But here's my perspective on it. Your positivity does not discount that there is pain in this world. Mm. And your optimism does not deny that people are suffering. But what it does do, number one, it keeps you in forward momentum, which is everything. And number two, it sends a message not only to yourself, but everybody else around that's looking and needing you and could be lost themselves and in some really dark places that you are choosing joy. You're choosing to be the light in a world that is really fucking dark. There is enough darkness. So my, my call to action is if you have any light to give, if you have any joy in your heart, if you are thriving in any way, I feel like it's your duty to share that with the world, not brag, but share it with the world because there are people that can't, can't get out of fucking bed. There are people that are, have lost their lives. There are people that are committing suicide because they can't pay their mortgage. There are people that can't feed their families. And it doesn't mean that we're out there bragging. There's a difference. If you have a little bit of light to give, and if you can be a little slice of joy on the internet, instead of posting a bunch of shit, 
that we already know that the world is on fire. Can you find a way to remix your content, to inspire people, to share ideas, to give tools, to help people get up? not hit snooze, get out of bed, uh, maybe laugh today. I mean, I had a girl literally DM me. I posted this crazy video. It was like me doing Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott it was like the beginning of like the pandemic. Um, you know, is it worth it? Let me work it. I put your thing down, flip it and reverse it. Okay. I probably realized that I'm not a rapper, but you get the point. Right. <laughs> and it was all about like, well, you know, if you're going to go out, you know, this is early COVID days. If you're going to go out, make sure you do this. Like you put your thing down, flip it and reverse it. It was like this stupid video I was doing. You can find it on my Instagram. But anyway, it was really funny. I thought it was funny. And so I posted it and this girl DMs me and she's like, thank you for posting that. She goes, I have been struggling. I haven't been out of bed in a week. I haven't been out of bed in a week. I've lost my job. This was like mm, April late March, early April. I've lost my job. I haven't been out of bed. I'm super depressed. I'm contemplating ending it. I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage. I don't have a relationship. I don't know how to date. My dad, mom and dad aren't talking like all this stuff. She goes, I see your video. And I just started laughing. Like, thank you for making me laugh. Thank you for being you and keep them coming. And it was this stupid 15 second Instagram story. And so, and I have hundreds of stories like that from people who just need something. They're not getting it at home. They're alone. They're broken. So I believe that is your duty to share your positivity with the world, because I think it gives people hope and we need hope. And at the end of the day, every storm runs out of rain and there, the dawn always comes. The dawn always comes. So be a hope. Like I'm on this mission to be a hope DJ. I'm scratching records and I'm fucking DJing out hope. Let's go. Right. Fuck that. There's enough scary stuff in the world. And so I don't feel bad about that because I feel like people need it. And I'm not bragging. I'm sharing. I'm helping. And I'm leading by example. Now I do post. Last thing I'll say, I do post things every now and then where I will be having a hard day and I'll be on my bike or I'll be upset because this happened to my husband. Those are just people love to see that side of me, too. So it's not always roses and daisies, but I would say 85 percent of the time I'm trying to keep it positive. Mm -hmm. So as you were talking. Sorry, I'm already crying. Um, (laughs) As you make me cry. Sorry. As you were talking, I had this like. This vision. And I've been thinking about this a lot this week because suicide rates are like through the roof and it's through the roof. It's, it's a mental it's illness. So, I mean, it's sad. so sad. Yeah. And I had this vision of like, everything is dark and there's no lights and there's a bunch of people walking around and they don't know where to go and they feel really lost and they're really scared. And then all of a sudden, like someone pops up and they like turn on their lantern and they're like, I have a light for you. Follow me. Yeah. And um, it was like this, it was just such a beautiful vision as you were talking. And um, I don't know if you know this, because I think we met after this had happened, maybe, but we lost our puppy earlier this year, I a couple know, months ago. And after like, as soon as he died, I, I really wanted to die. Like, and I, I have, had, I've been suicidal a few times in my life. And I really like, that was the first time where I felt like I'm seriously considering this. I had lost my mom a few months before, and then we lost our puppy. And I was just like, I think that this life is too hard and I would rather not be alive. And then I get to be with Remy and that would be better. And so many of my friends just like were those people with lanterns and they were like, come here, like, it's going to be okay. Let me show you the way. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. And so I think, and I know that the way you hold the light is so important. The way I feel, and my therapist told me, she said, 
you're going through so much death and you're experiencing this because you get to be the one to show and navigate others as they go through this. And if you don't work through this, you're not going to be able to hold this for them. And so that was like extra reason for me to work through it and come to the other side and, and be the light because I was that person walking around in the dark with nowhere to go and couldn't see anything. And then all of a sudden I was guided and I knew that I know that's my role here in this world, but it's just, it's so true what you said. If you're not holding the light, then who is, then everyone is in darkness and we have nowhere to go. We have no guidance. There is no light. And then it just perpetuates the cycle and it just gets darker and darker. There has to be the light. There has to be light. Can I share something with Please. you? First of all, thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> My best friend, Jody lost her daughter 10 years ago. Olivia would have been 10 years today. So Jody had the baby. The baby never cried, did its thing, right? And two weeks they took later, they took her off life support. And there was this moment my best friend had where she was on the floor of her, her closet. Okay. She can't get up. She can't get up first kid, you know, can't get up. So depressed, like doesn't know what to do. Adam walks in, her husband walks into the closet, picks her up off the floor and says to her this, he says, we have a choice to make here. We can either be the parents who lost Olivia or we can be Olivia's parents. Mm. And I just thought, That was so big and so beautiful. You can either be the person that let COVID happen to you or you can happen to COVID. You can choose to be um, Kelly who lost her mom or you could choose to be her daughter, right? Who goes on. You could be the, the Kelly who lost Remy and can't get out from that or you could be Remy's mom, right? And so you could take, you could be the person who got the diagnosis or you could happen to that diagnosis, right? And so it's a perspective shift. Is that easy? Fuck no. But is it important? Yes. And I just, I have always admired Jody for that because you, know, you think of a tremendous loss like that. You losing your mom, you losing Remy. Maybe it's a loss of a business or disease, you know, a diagnosis you've gotten or revenue streams or a, a relationship, a marriage. You know, you have choice to make here. And, and choosing wisely, choosing to happen to it, uh, is a big shift to make mentally, physically, and emotionally. And yes, the lantern. I have this beautiful vision of a lantern be that lantern because Kelly, you know, my hand is on my heart. You are such a lantern for me. Like this world you would be stealing from us if you didn't give us your <laughs> gifts and your heart and your knowledge and your resources and your generosity. And you are going, you are picking people up and you don't even realize it. So uh, I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad you shared that with me and, and just keep going. Thank you, you know, that means a lot. Thank you. And thank you for listening to that. I, that's been heavy on my heart the last few days and I hadn't really verbalized it, but yeah, it just, it feels like there's just a, there's just a, a seriousness and an experience that we're not talking about with people. And yes. I think that, you know, as, as if you want to call us light workers or people who yeah. are, you know, holding space and leading and guiding, this is the time. Like it is now it is here. Shit is crumbling. What are we going to do? This is why we chose to come and be in this life and you know, reincarnate as the humans that we are now. So we can be the guiding lights for people. Um, And if we deny that job, then we are missing our soul's purpose and we are out of alignment. And that is truly what it feels like. 
Yes. And we are in trauma. Mm -hmm. So let's just be awake to that. We're in deep trauma right now. Okay. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have a bad day. What's not okay is to fucking stay there. Right. So find your lanterns, go seek out lanterns. Like it is your job. I feel like that is such a big thing for me every day. I wake up like, where's my light? Who are my dawn? Who are the people giving me the dawn DJing out the hope right now? Because I need it because I struggle just like everybody else. And because I have depression and anxiety, I work really fucking hard to make sure that I don't lose my shit. Is it easy? No. Uh, But can I stay there? I won't let myself stay there. I can't let myself stay there because I know if I go low, like if I go into the darkness, like I may not come out Mm. and it's, I have to stay, I have to stay up. So go find those lanterns. I love that beautiful visual. Now I need to get one for my office or something. You know, know, it's interesting too. I would love to hear about your relationship dynamic because when we, when we lost Remy, um, Mm. I, felt a need to process fast because I knew that it was going to take Connor a long time. Connor felt like a part of his soul died with him and Connor has been in a very deep depression and understandably. So I felt like I can't be there with you. Like I, I just, I can't be in that vibration because you're going to need me. And I'm so glad that I had that little like gut instinct, like you got to get through this and still be sad and still cry. But hold a different vibration for him because this is the balance, right? He held that vibration when I was dealing with the loss of my mom, he just held it. He was so strong. He held the container so safe and loving for me and brought me up out of it and called me out. And it was like, all right, like we got to go, like you got to move through. We can't just sit here. And that's kind of, we flipped that. And I've been that for him. Um, Mm. And I think that's really important because when both people drop down and you have kids, like both people drop down and you're also trying to hold that for children or other family members, like, what do you do? So how have you been able to balance showing up for one another in different circumstances? Yeah, definitely. I think that's like a piece of like relationship advice everybody needs to receive sooner than later, because you don't want to both be at the same low point at the same or maybe even different low points, but you don't want to both be low at the same time. And I think that's, what's so cool about, um, you know, balance in general, but balance most certainly in a relationship. And sometimes you can't help it. Like you both lost Remy, but someone, so tell me this, like you both lost Remy Mm -hmm. and you're, that's devastating for the both of you. But did you Kelly just sort of feel Connor carrying it differently? So you knew you needed, you felt the energy. So you, you made a decision to rise up. Is that what you're saying? And kind of hold it for him. Yeah. And when it was your mom, obviously it was just you affected, but you're both affected by Remy. So tell me a little bit more about that. I am more willing to ask for help. I Mm. have been in therapy most of my life. And yeah. I was already in therapy dealing with loss and trauma. So I would just yeah. like, and extend, let's just, <laughs> let's go just keep Thanks going. Yeah. Too. And so I was having therapy every week. I have a sisterhood okay. circle. We Perfect. have a call every Tuesday. I feel like I had more of the tools and resources and ability to handle it at the time than yeah. he was ready for. Um, and kind of because I was already in a state of uh, processing loss. So I was just honestly continuing that experience on a deeper level. I didn't feel like that's where he was. I felt his energy so low and so sad where it was really, he was going to be, he, he needed to be dug out a lot deeper than Mm. where I was, I guess, if that makes sense. 
I love that. Okay. So yeah, you felt it and it was this in- intuitive part of your, mm-hmm. your body. It doesn't mean you weren't affected totally. as much by it. You just knew you had to also take care of him. So yeah, we've, we've gone through that. And, and very similarly, we've been so lucky that, um, well, we've been lucky that it hasn't happened at the same time in most cases. So I'll take, for example, my husband has just been furloughed. Right. And in from a career that he loves and, um, and, and, and just, it's been devastating to him, like as a man and just as a provider, and he's got three boys, I have three stepsons and just, you know, you know, it was a big part of his identity and not to mention coupled on top of that, he struggles with some chronic pain, right? He's got some knee issues from the football days and we're just having some challenges with that. And that is a very depressing place to be. If you've ever lived with chronic pain and you wake up every day in pain, it is really hard to see the light in the world when you cannot function. Right. And so I have found myself having to um, have extra patience, but also, um, you know, being that that light uh, for him uh, a little bit more than usual because I've got to keep him up. Right. So I just put in his bathroom mirror funnily just the other day, all these like statements. So um, I'm big into like, I call them, I am power statements. So I'm big into like speak, speak into existence, what you want it to be. So if you're always like, you know, God, I am, I am horrible at confrontation. I am God, never going to find love. I am broke. I am fat. I am a horrible speaker. Well, then you will be. Right. But if you can flip the script and start saying things like, you know, I'm worthy of love. I am safe to relax and receive. I'm a seven figure entrepreneur. I always flat first class. I'm a New York Times bestselling or bestseller. Like now, maybe some of it's true. Maybe some of it's not. But if we don't dream big, we won't even get close. So I've been doing this stuff for years. Right. And I've done some pretty good shit. So I told my husband, I go, we need to change the channel. So, for example, he's sitting around. And his dialogue is, oh, I'm dying, honey. I'm dying. I'm in so much pain. I'm dying. I'm like, no, no, like stop that. You are sending signals to your body. I think I'm because my husband does not fly as woo woo as I do. Right. But you are sending signals to your brain that you are dying and that you are not well. And if you are constantly saying, I'm always in pain and I'm always in pain, you will never get better. So I put all these post-its all over his bathroom mirror that are things like I walk, I take my dogs on two hour walks. I am not in pain. I am, uh, you know, thriving. I am, um, you know, doing runs or whatever it is that he wants to do again. They're all over his thing. And then Friday night we're doing like this, like, vision boarding thing. I'm getting him to vision board with me. And I can't even believe it where we're going to literally be like, who do you want to be in two months? Like in a month, let's just put some images up and it's going in our bathroom in a really big cork board. So every day he has to look at it. And so I'm working with him. So again, you know, but he's had to do that for me. Things doesn't really do those things for me, but he is the best listener, the best counsel. And so there are so many times when my business imploded months ago and he was working that he was like, we're okay. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to move some money around and we've got this and here's how I can help you. And so it is damn right. A yin and yang. And I am so glad uh, that we have been able to most of our relationship be kind of opposite on that spectrum, but damn right. Like, you know, he's in that space right now. That's, that's pretty tough. And it's hard to see your husband go through that or anyone you love go through that. Uh, but I'm also happy that I can, I've got some tools in my tool belt, so I think I can help them. Right. Yes. yes. Um, that, and you know, um, 
some some edibles every now and then help them with the pain. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yes, yeah, seriously. Get some good edibles <laughs> and just numb it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you know, at the end of the day, it's lots of CBD, lots of CBD, lots of stretching. But come on, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm proud when I can do that for him, and I know he feels the same for me. So I, I love to hear you and Connor have the ability to help each other like that. Absolutely. You got to do it. Yes, you know? yes. Um, so you have an incredible book called fear is my homeboy. I want to know why fear. Ooh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I'm very obsessed with bravery and courage. So it's interesting that I chose to put the word fear on the cover of my book. Um, but I knew it would catch attention, especially paired with the homeboy. And it is so me. And it's so, um, you know, I grew up in a very urban area of St. Louis. I've been obsessed with hip hop my whole life and everything we loved growing up was our homeboy. And so it's a term of endearment for me. So I wanted to, I wanted to flip the script on the conversations we have with fear. Why does it have to be scary? Why do we, what does it have to be a negative thing? Why can't we start having more fun, playful conversations about something that can, in most cases, keep us alive and keep us safe? Like if something hurts in your body, that fear of like, oh my God, I have cancer makes you go to the doctor to find out you don't have cancer. Or, you know, um, the fact that you are smart enough to know better than to go to a party with 500 people right now in the middle of COVID keeps you very much alive. So fear can be a good thing, but also fear can be an incredible compass, right? It can wake you up. It can shake you. And, you know, we can have fun with it. And so fear, my obsession with fear was really born out of the scariest thing I've done besides starting a business. But before that, um, before that improv, and I, I started to have a different conversation with my fear. I Corporate America by day, improv by night. I was doing all this brave shit in the improv theater, getting on stage in front of hundreds of people with no script and using my training to succeed on stage without a script. I was failing. I was failing fast. I was messing up. I was uh, bombing. I was succeeding. All of it, right? And all of that made me really brave in the boardroom by day. So I'd start doing shit like, oh, okay. Well, if I could do that at Second City last night, here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to speak up to that bully at work, or I'm going to ask for the raise, or I'm going to go for a new job. Oh, I'm going to move to Chicago or whatever it may be. I'm going to leave that toxic relationship. I'm going to sit in the front row at that meeting. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to raise my hand to go sit on that panel and start speaking. This is how I literally started speaking. I just started asking to speak for free anywhere I could sharing the ideas I was learning from improv. That is literally how I built my speaking career, speaking for free for years, sharing these ideas and using improv to help people build confidence. And so again, I call these in my book, we talk about fear experiments. So I just love being a fear scientist. I love experimenting with my fear. I love you and I, we have no script for this pod. I love shit like this. I'll get on podcasts with people and I'll get a big long agenda, like with all the things they want to talk about, which is amazing and great. God love them. But I also love this right now. I feel like we're in a fear experiment because I had no show prep. I had here. The prep I had was to trust myself and to show up as myself and to trust you and to just be in this organic moment. And that is an uncomfortable moment. So the more we do the uncomfortable things, the stronger and braver we get. And so I chose fear because I was so sick of it being a scary thing all the time. I wanted to have a pop culture, playful conversation around it. And I wanted to use improv to help people think differently about how they show up in the world and how they build confidence. And that's really what it's all about. So 
I mean, bravery's bravery's awesome. You know, it's not easy, but it's you could do really cool shit if you're willing to get uncomfortable enough to earn it. Mike fucking drop, yeah, Judy. Let's fucking go. Good. <laughs> Grief. You are incredible. You are so incredible. Are you. I loved, love this conversation. And just Dang. thank you for the way you show up and you wear your heart on your sleeve, but you are such a light and you are here to inspire so many people. And I know you do every day giving someone like me permission to shout louder and be braver and embrace the fear and let it propel me forward rather than keep me hidden. And I just, I love that about you and we need you. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I received that. It is such a gift to to share these airwaves with you that we've created to spread more light in the world. And I can't wait to get you on my show. Yes, baby. Um, and <laughs> we're going to make that happen as we line up content for next year. I'm just trying to like figure out what's that place? Where do I want to put her? Like, what's the time? And so anyway, um, thank you. I, I received that. And um, courage is a freight train full of fuck yes. So the braver you are, the more incredible and fulfilling uh life will be so let's go be brave you know yes let's go be brave and change the world while we're at it yes thank you judy Thank you all so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you haven't yet subscribed, be sure to do so now and head to ratethispodcast.com slash Kelly to leave a five-star review. And as a bonus for doing that, if you send me a screenshot of your review before you submit, I will get you a little thank you gift in the mail. All right, we have another juicy episode coming for you next week, so stay tuned. And as always, if I can support you in any way, please reach out. Remember, I'm just a DM or an email away. See you guys soon.